I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 29, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we had our Kabuki Theater. We had Kabuki Theater 1 and 2.0. We'll get to that later. We can summarize the day's activities as a result of the Fed. Whatever they did, didn't do, said, didn't say, whatever it was, the market liked it for today, finished at or near the highs. And what we're going to do is get more granular and look at both sides of the market. We're going to look at the bull case. We're going to look where resistance is. We're going to look at the bear case. We're going to talk about trend. We're going to talk about a small bucket full of awarenesses that have to do with the market in and around the Fed. And also what else is going on this week. We discussed yesterday, I believe, that there's more stuff going on this week. What we have is Congress has to make a decision on an extension of the stimulus package as a result of the whole shutdown across the country. Frankly, I don't know where that's at or where that is. However, what normally, and we'll just talk about garden variety using the 80-20 rule, what generally tends to happen is there's no deal, the market suffers a little bit because everybody gets panicked, That usually lasts for a day and a half or so. And then all of a sudden, at the 11th hour, sometime in the middle of the night, they cut a deal, you wake up, and the market's gapping up. That happens more often than not. That's the typical schematic of these type of situations. The reality is, Congress is a bunch of empty suits. Their objective is not to make a decision, and in the end, they're always going to take the path of least resistance. We're also going to take a peek at the bond market today. Maybe, just maybe, we'll throw in a little bit of discussion around a conspiracy theory. Let's first refocus in the SPY. The trend is your friend until it's not. So we have that under our belt. The trend is up, at least on the daily chart. Trend is up on the weekly chart. The trend is up, and that really is, at present, the dominant force. Not, may the force be with you type of force, but it's the dominant thing that's essentially keeping the market on the rise. Remember, the market climbs the wall of worry. Good news is bad news. Bad news is bad news. Until it's not. When does that change? When does the character of the market change? One of two things happen. We see some type of black swan event swoop in, jolts the market, or it's out of time. And generally speaking, those two things converge together. Can't explain how it happens over and over and over again. It's one of those things, don't ask, don't tell. So we know the trend is up, but what are we up against in the immediate term, like over the next day or two? Let's just say for the rest of the week. Well, regardless of what we have and don't have, the way I view the market, we have a breakdown candle. Therefore, we have a breakdown candle high, 327.23. So for rounding purposes, we'll call 327, give or take, somewhere in the neighborhood of that overhead resistance. Now, there was another 
point of overhead resistance, and that was before that number. We talked about it. It was provided for the last couple of days inside the numbers, and it was 325. Now, when a resistance area is cited, it has a dual purpose, for example. A, that number can be magnetic to the market, which is basically what happened today. Let me show you why. Here's an hourly chart. We have a breakdown candle. We know that markets like to climb up the breakdown candles up to the high of the breakdown candles, or at least in the neighborhood, 325.02. Again, we'll just call it, give or take, 325. You can see we spike through it a little bit, and if I bring up a shorter-term chart, you'll see, here's a 5-minuter, 325 was no joke. If you're talking in terms of S&P points or E-mini points, you had over a... 10-point pullback from 325. That's intraday stuff. This is a daily chart. This particular breakdown candle has a different high. It's higher. It's around 327. So that's the next area of logical overhead resistance. By the way, it happens to be around the recent high. Same deal, right? Same candle. They never really were rejected from around 327. They sold off for a couple of days, but they never really got very far. What does that tell you? The trend never changed. The market basically had a little bit of a pullback, and we're right back up challenging the former 327 area. What does that tell you? On its face, garden variety, the duck would say, that's bullish, that's not the final destination, they have higher in mind. What happens if they get above these former highs, start closing daily above that stuff? Where are they going? Right back where we started from several days ago, talking about the gap. That's right, that gap. From a visual perspective, a logic perspective, a duck and common sense perspective, that's what they're doing. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. We can wake up to a gap down. Why would I say that? Because we just had Kabuki Theater. Have we ever seen the market rise or fall after the Fed announcement and then reverse the next day? Of course we have. That's an awareness. You have to be aware that that happens. I don't know the percentage of times, but it happens more than a bread box. It happens. We have to be aware of that. So the bull case is... There's a gap above, the market never got rejected, the trend is up, they're grinding higher, they're climbing the wall of worry, all that stuff. But what's the thing, the, and I love this word, the esoteric thing that someone like me might have found, might be looking at, might have somewhat of a head scratcher saying, hey, hold on a second, here's what we've got, it has to be a puzzle piece, it's on the table, so we're watching. And before we go over what this is, we also have in mind, and we don't know that this will or won't be the case. Again, these are awarenesses. We don't know until we know, but what we're doing is we're learning what to watch out for so that you have this stuff forever. Here's something that I've said many, many times, but it's worth saying again. When it feels really, really wrong, it's generally right. When it feels really, really right, it's generally wrong. Now, it's hard to pinpoint a day or an hour or a candle in that type of concept. However, it's an awareness. Now, here's the thing. I don't talk about this a lot. I don't really teach it. This, to me, is more of the art form of this type of analysis. But there's certainly a science behind it as well. It has to do with cycles. 
there's a lot of different cycles that are available to the market. The market creates its own cycles. What's a cycle? Well, let's pick a number and let's just use the round number of 100. Let's say 100 is a cycle. Therefore, we can identify a chart where we see a very well-defined high or a very well-defined low. And then when you fast forward, for example, a hundred units in time, remember, time is more important than price. So you fast forward a hundred units in time, you may expect some type of trend change in the market. That's if you have an active cycle. How do you know you have an active cycle? Well, you go back a hundred units in time from that same point, and if you had a trend change on the dot or very close to it, around 100, and it seems to repeat, that's the market creating a cycle. Do we have an active cycle right now? I don't want to go into depth, but what I will say, and I made the count three times, so I'm 100% sure it's dead on balls accurate. But here's the deal. When I do the cycle work, I really prefer time in the form of calendar days, not necessarily trading days. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that trading day cycles don't work. They do work. Do we have a possible cycle right now? And the answer is we might. We have to put this together with other stuff. You need a full stack. What's part of the stack in this case? Well, go back to the course, Lazy E-mini Trader, and we have to see, we have to be able to identify first on an intraday basis and then on a daily chart, a sign and or signal of a trend change. These things are taught in the course. We don't have one here. If we do have one, you start to culminate or you start to get that full stack. Right now, we're on day 90 from a very important low, the March low. This is trading day 90 not calendar day 90 there's a difference but it still matters everything matters maybe this will or won't matter maybe they're going to run to a different cycle we don't know that that's why we know when the cycle is so we're watching if we see a sign or a signal of a trend change we're interested another point of interest this is also pulled right out of the course lazy e-mini trader those of you that have taken the course you look at the hourly chart, you understand it's on time from when to when, you know what I'm discussing, and they ran out of time at the end of the day, so tomorrow, early on, will be very important. Tomorrow's first hour of the day will be very important to see if, A, we're closing above the high of today, or B, something else is going on. You see how these are all little snippets depending on what chart and what piece of information we're working with. We'll also be interested to this chart on Friday, the weekly chart. Why? We have a tail from last week. If we close this week above the tail, we have no tail from last week. We're waiting on time. Once again, there's a lot of different ways we use time. One more thing that you might remember that we mentioned probably about a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, mentioned it two or three times already, is that towards the end of July, we're getting into that zone where we're going to begin, and I emphasize the word begin, doesn't mean it's on a specific day, but we begin looking for a top. It doesn't have to be a top for a crash, it's a top 
for a trend change. Could last a few weeks, could last a few more. That's what I have in mind. Maybe it happens over the next day or so. Maybe it happens a couple of weeks from now, but the zone begins now. Do you think this period of time, the end of July, had anything to do with that 90 cycle? Yeah, it did. 90 candles from this low to today. Yes, it did. A lot of work goes into this, a lot of planning and pre-planning along the way. What about Camp IWM? Pretty simple. What have we been watching? We've been watching them eat time off the clock, running above the 200 period moving average. All those moving averages. What are they doing now? They're trying to break out. Have they gotten above 150 yet? No, they haven't. What's above? This gap up here and that double top area, around 153. The high is 153.39. So above this high, which is 150.20, we all remember that, that's the next place they're really headed. What's the trend on the daily chart in the IWM? It's up. Whose friend is the trend? It's your friend. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Do we have anything different than we just discussed with the IWM? No, exactly the same routine. Where are they headed? To fill this gap and this double top area. Doesn't mean they will or won't get above, but that's where they're headed at present. What were they doing? They were consolidating. They were eating time off the clock, building energy to move higher. What are they beginning to do now? Move higher. Do all charts act and react the same way? Yes, they do. Is this and a whole lot more the type of stuff that's taught in the course, Lazy E-mini Trader? Yes, it is. I'm like Earl Weaver tonight, weaving in the course. Why do I do that? Because it's the foundation of how the market works. Would it make your life easy, and would you help yourself to better understand what's going on each and every night in these videos, which is, by definition, the continuing education? The answer is, yeah, that's the point. about a short hop? Inside the numbers, I'm going to run through the commentary. We'll take a look at stocks on the move. What we had was basically a trend day higher. We knew some numbers. You'll see them on the board. But what we're going to do tonight with the commentary is leave it for the folks that want to pause the video, read the commentary, go back to the chart to see if A, I'm full of bunk, or B, I know what I'm talking about. I'll give you a hint. It's the latter of the two. But don't take my word for it. Go prove the point. Double check my work. Pause the video. Read the stuff. Go double check what happened after the fact. Today was a little bit of a unique day. Why? We had the Fed thing going on. So here's a picture. A picture's worth a thousand words. This is a chart of the weekly chart. We just went over this. We had some time. So why not present it or remind members inside the numbers? We do stuff like that. We had a lot of dead time today because of the Fed. Around the Fed, the market's not going to do anything. The volume was so light today. In fact, if you read the notes, you'll see at one point in the day, early on, about an hour into the day, they still hadn't yet even done the same type of volume that we get on a typical or heavier morning within the first 10 minutes of the day. It was, as they say, redonkulous. Why do I keep bringing up the volume as an issue when it's light volume? Because any flood of volume in a light volume market can move markets really, really fast. 
It's an awareness. You need to know that that's possible. In light volume markets, what's the path of least resistance? Sideways to higher. How do you know that? You always read it inside the numbers. I'm forever reminding inside the numbers folks about that. Why? Because it's true. What about stocks on the move? We had a list of six, but today only one hit their number. Why did that happen? Because the market was going higher at the open. I'm looking specifically in an uptrend. I'm looking for stocks that are falling at the open. The ones that are gapping down. They're on the move lower. They're headed to a destination. They're looking to turn around and go back in the other direction. Those are the trades you look for in an uptrend. But when the market's getting a lift, a rising tide lift all boats scenario early in the morning right at the open, it removes some of the opportunity from our stocks on the move list. Not every day, but sometimes. And today, that's really what happened. One came close. It was a little bit of a front-running situation. That was in Akamai, A-K-A-M. But we did get one to hit. It was in spot. Take notice, 252.60 was the actual target entry. You know the routine, five-minute chart, haircut at the open, number posted on the board bright and early, 252.60, low of day, 251.02. What happened after that? The flip around, the turnaround, the rocket ride. What was the high? 268.59, when? Within minutes. You know what comes next? How do you like Dem Apples? Not to be confused with the bears. How about the Qs, the Silicon Valley people? So this is interesting. So the Qs were up today, 1.5%, 4 bucks. That's fine. But what's still going on also has to be a puzzle piece. It has to be on the table. You have a breakdown candle. The high is 265 and change. We know about that. What they're doing is they're basically just formulating one of these bearish wedgish things. Until they close a day above that number, that's what's going on here. They may climb higher up that breakdown candle. That's very possible. Happens all the time. But we're taking it at face value. We're watching. We're looking at it. They're riding the 20-period moving average. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. Could we wake up Thursday morning and find the cues creeping up toward the high of the breakdown candle? Of course we can. We're just discussing what it is. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. What do we have here? The financials, the XLF. First, we know without the financials, the market's not going anywhere very far in either direction. So the financials were up 2% today. Look familiar, look similar to the IWM, similar to the transports. The chart looks different, but over the last, let's say, week and a half or so, they all look very similar. This one's trying to break out to go where? Well, in the immediate future, on the way back up, 25 and change is the first order of business. Keeping in mind the weekly chart, this doesn't mean they're breaking out to new all-time highs on a multi-year run. This is still a terrible chart with a huge breakdown candle well below the weekly moving averages. There's trouble lurking. Doesn't mean they can't push it up into those moving averages. For example, if you see the XLF, and I'm just making this up, two weeks from now, right, for argument's sake, you find the XLF 26 and a quarter, 26.45, 26.50, everything else has been screaming higher. Everything is bullish. It's bust out the Dow 30,000 hats on the floor of the exchange. 
But in perspective, all they would have done in that hypothetical situation from an XLF standpoint is climb up the breakdown candle to test the high, run a test of the high. Look at all those moving averages. Do you think, at least on the first run, that if they went up to 26 and a half on the first run without eating time off the clock for weeks, you know what I mean. If they got up there rather quickly into those moving averages in the vicinity of that breakdown candle high, do you think they're just going to waltz right on through, whistle past the graveyard, or would that normally be garden variety overhead resistance? Yeah, of course it would. Under normal garden variety conditions, you're going to have the outlier, but normally, yeah, there's going to be a rejection up there of some sort. What about Smash Mouth? Up 4% today. Any trouble here? Absolutely not. Here's the daily. That was the weekly uptrend. Trend is your friend. There's no trouble here. It's a strong market. We just move it along. Good proxy, good indicator for the tech space as a whole. Very strong market, no trouble, nothing to see here. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast, we're going to pull the ripcord here, but thanks for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.